You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to pitch bad movies and share bad. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is the Good luck! Tide goes in, tide goes out. Never miss communication. It's over 9,000! My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd to Know Basis Show, airing on Phoenix 92.5 FM and of course on the internet, which is everywhere, as we all know, for episode 140, that big milestone we've been hyping for the last few weeks since the last milestone. My name is Kian, and with us as always is... Ahoy, it's Dara. Uh, Dara, a pirate apparently. Hello, ahoy, ahoy, ahoy. ahoy. How are ahoy. you doing today? I'm good. I haven't been in the show in a while, actually. Oh yes, that's true. Have you been off on the high seas, or has been what's been happening? No, no, no. Actually... I watched a very good documentary yesterday on uh, U-Torrent, speaking of the high seas, <laughs> and they were talking about like the reason why it, down- why it had a downfall, and I wasn't aware of this. Apparently, like it was rid of malware and all that kind of stuff, and you know, dodgy advertising, and um, they're like, yeah, that's why people stop using it because like it was just an interesting, an interesting topic on the technology of torrenting, you know. So um, I will put the link of it in the description below because I cannot remember it. It was some random channel that popped on my YouTube at like <laughs> two in the morning. Um, but yeah, speaking of the high seas, it was uh, an interesting documentary. But no, I've just been busy. Um, it's just been a crazy couple of weeks. Comic-Con was obviously, I was recovering from Comic-Con and mm. recovering from uh, the Rona and a few other things. So all good now, though. All good now. Yes, of course. Well, it was lovely seeing you at Comic-Con, but I believe before brief, we started recording, you teased some very, very exciting topics for this week that you insisted on not telling me about. So I let's did. have one of them. So one is, well, it's more of a statement. Um, so I've been going through Geek Ireland. And by the way, guys, if you haven't been to Geek Ireland, come on, you know, it's great. Yeah, the class. Like, yeah, and, and Keen writes pretty much all their stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I think it's like you and Olivia who do like everything. So fair play. No, Olivia um, does ninety five percent of it. The the editor at Geek Ireland. I I just pitch in with like and friend of the Star show. Trek, Star Trek good now and, and again. And you know. friend of the show, Olivia's the best. Mm. Um, but no, I so I've been going through it. and I have a bunch of topics from there, but I mm. saw one that like, you know, I'm like, come on, seriously. An eleven year old sets a record for most Harry Potter quotes guessed from characters guessed from quotes, and I'm like. <laughs> what's your problem with this everything well i mean not not the child itself like but i mean just i mean like i would be like here's lord of the rings you should read lord of the rings it's a lot better you'll enjoy it 
I, I wish this wasn't audio so I could cut some footage of you as an 11 year old with like a lightsaber <laughs> or something <laughs> I mean that, that's me now dude like that's <laughs> I mean... actually could just complete sidestep did you ever have this phenomenon of doing lightsaber fights in the road and then having to like ungallantly stop them because cars were coming is that something you lived through no, because I live beside fields, so ah. you know, we, we we never actually had to be on the roads. The only way on the roads if we were playing like hockey when that was a big thing, like uh, on you know like rollerblade hockey or mm. if playing like football or you know kick the can or something like that. But no, no, we didn't have to to do that. You just played with sticks in the in the grass that was beside the house, like so it was grand. <laughs> but I mean, like I would you know I could understand. I, I guess my problem isn't that he guessed all the quotes. I mean, mm. like rad, that's awesome. And not taking the achievement away. I mean, like, just Harry Potter is such a bad thing to be a fan of. Mm. I mean, well, I, I mean, look, you're you're no stranger to like you know people you are not wild about on the inside of your favorite franchise, and like we shouldn't diminish the people who enjoy Harry Potter because of the acts of bad actors involved with it. You know? No, I'm just saying it's it's a bad series. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Just critically, you mean? Well, you know, the, the extra stuff that happened around it, the obviously the obvious, uh, you know, statements of the creator, let's, uh, let's put it that way, mm. um, which are public. Um, <laughs> I, mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I just hate Harry Potter. Like, okay. genuinely, it just visually makes me sick. Like, uh, and um, You don't want to be a wizard? Yeah, Gandalf. I mean, <laughs> Tolkien is there or, you know, C.S. Lewis or anything else is the Harry Potter. I mean, I just can't stand it. Um, and it's really weird because like people love it. And I remember growing up and, you know, OK, so I've told this. Story, I don't know if I've told the story before, but I, well, I almost I, certainly have. Have I told the story before? OK, so for go on anyway. So I remember. So, Keen, you're you and I are similar in age. And Harry Potter was a big thing when we were mm. growing up, obviously, because we kind of grew up when it was. When the books were kind of like still going, but also the movies are out. So I think I, was, I think we were like eleven when the first movie came out. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was sorry, I was fourteen. Uh, I was in second year, so I was fourteen when Chamber of Secrets came out mm. because I remember seeing it because I had to see it four times in the space of a day and oh nightmare. Why? Oh, um, uh, it just happened. You know when you go to birthday parties and you know you just end up seeing it. it's like the way I saw the original Casper literally six times in a day. Okay. Um. So I mean, it's just what happened, you know. And um, I remember, I remember. So I remember specifically. And when I was in primary school, the first book was out, and the second book was out. And I remember, like, you know, they had the little book with the cart on it, uh, mm. and you would read it. And I read the first one. And I was like, okay, whatever. Then I read the second one, and I hated it so much. I threw up behind the radiator in the school, and I picked up Lord of the Rings. To be fair, even J.K. Oh. Rowling isn't mad at the second one. They're all terrible. It's, they're all terrible, in my opinion. And I'm like, <laughs> I made a better decision by reading Lord of the Rings. Because Lord of the Rings was huge. And again, like, you know, it's a much better book, in my opinion, of course. And I'm like, if you like Harry Potter, cool, but you shouldn't. I don't know. I'll go to bat for Harry <laughs> Potter. I think it's I think it's great that it's like obviously creator outside of it yeah obviously yeah i I mean great that like a kid can plug themselves 
into it and like really live out the world like and I, like I was talking with kids because I, I teach kids like you know and like a typical thing is like hi my name's so and so what Hogwarts house would you be in as a see, world see, it's I hate super this. sturdy and it's one that kids can like plug themselves into very very easily and you know I'm going to go to back for books three and four as well I think they're great books as well see I, I hate that so much when someone's like yeah. what house are you in I'm like I'm not <laughs> It, it's not real like you know, it's just, I just can't stand it you know it's just and I mean like it was funny because you guys did a panel a couple of years ago before in the before times when you talked about Harry Potter and I was devastated we were going it. to it didn't happen oh, it, it didn't happen? be the 2020 uh, Comic Con event oh man we need to do that for like next Comic Con because like I just I mean I understand people love it and probably some people are going oh but I mean I yeah, saw yeah. that for, uh, yeah we've got a friend of the channel certainly is uh, a big fan of it. Who, yeah, like, and I mean, listening though. And I mean, I saw when I saw that, I was like, one, I was like, oh, that's really cool for the kid, but mm-hmm. I'm also like, oh, I wish it was for something better. You know, it was just like, and that's wrong because it's a wrong thing to have. Mm. I, I, that's how much I hate Harry. Like, so on the on the hay pole, there's J.J. Abrams and Harry Potter, and they're like, and the new Star Wars. I like, I actually really, really like the Last Jedi, to be fair, mm. and the new Star Wars sequels, and they're all kind of equally just kind of like on that poll and I'm like mm. man well speaking of um hold on, I'm not, I'm not done. and I'm not, I'm, not I'm not done so oh, that was that was not. the first <laughs> <laughs> so I know so, so I know series no fair play fair play to that kid but I just thought it was really funny and I'm like yeah that the hatred of Harry Potter still hasn't them <laughs> hasn't tempered off well well I can counter that with uh Lord of the Rings because cool. like I I read that I was asked to read The Hobbit before we went to see Fellowship of the Ring in cinema. And okay. uh, because I'm a slow reader, I didn't finish it in time for it. Right. But, I, but I didn't mind because The Hobbit was such a good book. It is a good book. It's but then uh, my barely literate brain had to read The Lord of the Rings and it's dense. Like, it's, don't get me wrong, it's a great book. It's 11,000 million words. And I'm still pissed off at the end of the Two Towers book. Oh, stop. That's the cliffhanger. Best. And of course then they do. wade through Aomer and Faramir's romance for eight or nine chapters until you find out certain character is okay. I mean, you can skip through the book. You can, but like. I mean, you can do that. Like, that's how I got through the Wheel of Time. I'm like, oh, this is, I see. This, this is nonsense. This is, <laughs> you know, but. um no, I, 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 know, it's I, just, I find Lord of the Rings more fascinating than readable. Like, it feels like a history book. It's just, I find Lord of the Rings interesting because, like, the first half of Fellowship is all very hobbishy and sort of, like, nice and chill. And then books two and three, it's structured less around narrative action and more around big events. So you'll get all of Helm's Deep one chapter, all of the Battle of Gondor one chapter, but also Aomer and Faramir's romance, which I'm not against by any means, that's one chapter. It just feels more like a history book than it does a narrative in the traditional sense. I'm not knocking the series itself. I'm just saying I found it an incredibly punishing read. And I can certainly see why people uh, enjoy Harry Potter and still love it, even though I'm not wild about the Fantastic Beasts films personally. And I'm glad that like kids uh, like out there like still find something in it, like, you know, because it is relatively wholesome especially considering loads of kids are kind of into things like five nights and freddy's and very edgy properties like you know so i'll go to bat for harry potter not for its creator but like 
for it as a franchise, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay, so, you know, look, I take your point. I take your point on that, where it feels like a history book for a place that doesn't exist. That's because it mm. is. Like, Tolkien wrote it as a mythology mm. for Anglo-Saxon Celtic people. Right. You know, he wrote it specifically as a new mythology, you know, and that's what it is. And that's why it's kind of written the way it is. That's why it's populated as it is, because it's like it's specifically to tie together the myths of, you know, that's why like his translation of like old English myths are so good. And his knowledge of uh, Nordic stuff is so good. Like it's that's his background. You know, he was a he was a professor. Mm. Of, oh, uh, not knocking you know? Tolkien. He was an amazing man. No, but I mean, I totally get where you're coming from. But I mean, like, as a kid, I always loved reading history books. Like, ah, I see. Yes, of course, you studied history, didn't you? Yeah, well, I, I mean, like, well, classical stuff, especially like, well, I mean, like when I was younger, my dad would like get me books on Stalingrad. He's like, here, read this as an eight year old at Stalingrad, you know? So I really liked history always growing up, you know? And yeah, I, st- I did a pretty much half a PhD in classics. Um, eventually, what a horrible waste of time that was. Hmm. But um, <laughs> You're using it now. Well, <laughs> I mean, but when you're when you're sitting there and you're like, you know, a kid and you love history, it's such an easy way to get into it. So I do take that hmm. point. But I mean, I always just found it so engrossing. And then you can, when you get older, you can read more to it. Like, I love this. I love talking so much. I can read The Hobbit in Latin. Oh, wow. And it's great. I know Harry Potter's in Latin too, but I'm like, this is not a good book. I mean, it is for kids, obviously. Mm. I'm not taking that away from anyone, but yeah. I mean, I can go back to Lord of the Rings mm. and love it as a thing. Mm. I can go back to The Hobbit and love it. And then, you know, if I have kids one day, I can be like, here, here's The Hobbit in Latin. And then they hate me forever. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, you know, with, with Harry Potter, I'm like, okay. I mean, like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I think Harry Potter for adults for for most adults i would maybe say is kind of like pokemon in that it's still well loved but also of its time i will not yeah. go back and watch pokemon series one i will not i've tried to read harry potter it's not I've, because i don't yeah. like them anymore it's just mm. they're of their time you know same with like dragon ball z and like a lot of things like that you know yeah i've tried you know and even like the nostalgia of pokemon as well it wears away more and more because i'm like it's kind of stupid. You know, I mean, like, I love Pokemon, but I'm like, it's also kind of stupid at a certain point. You're like, after Silver, it's like, what are we doing? You know, it's like, it's the same thing. They keep making the same thing. Yeah, if it's a good thing. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I totally get your point, you know, and I, I can go back to, you know, I find them harder to get into again as a kid, though. Mm. I loved red, blue, silver. And he played them for hours, you know, 200 hours. But I'm like, okay, whatever. I think it's like the same, the same kind of, you do see a lot of crossover. Like people who are really into Pokemon really like, you know, really like it. Yeah. And well, well, Pokemon is another franchise. It's not like a Lord of the Rings, which no, is very lore heavy. Like Pokemon's yeah. another one where as a 10 year old, you can plug yourself into it and make your own character exactly. that goes on their own exactly. journey. It's a different yeah. type of escapism exactly. to the Lord of the Rings. Exactly. And it's why I like Star Wars, for example. Star Wars, mm. to go back to your, your lightsaber point, like Star Wars is you can plug yourself into the world, but you, that's not what it's about. I mean, mm. you can, but that's not what it's about. It's, 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 a, it's a mythology, you know? Yeah. And it's the same thing with very, very lore heavy, same with for, Warhammer 40K. 
and it's, it's these kind of things, you know, and I think that stuff appeals to certain type of people. And I do, I do totally get it. And you do see a lot of crossover. People who love Harry Potter really like Pokemon. It, mm. It's very similar. Like, and it's because, you know, you can buy all the Harry Potter stuff and you can, oh, I'm part of this house and I have this wand. And yeah. And for me, I'm like, when I'm watching Star Wars, I'm like, I really want Mary Jade to show up. Come on, Rebel. <laughs> you know, where's Cole Katan? I'm but like, that's, I don't want, but you, I don't you've want illustrated to the point we're making, which is that you are nostalgic for very specific aspects of Star Wars. You're not mm. enjoying Star Wars because you made I a want Jedi to be with in... your name on it exactly, and put yourself yeah. into that story. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. it's no. two different types of and enjoying think, escapism. Like, And I think that's a very good point. Maybe one that is lost on me that I probably never considered before. I mean, like, at no point, even when I'm playing um, Night to the Republic, for example, Mm. I'm not in Star Wars. I'm playing Revan or I'm playing as the, yeah. the, the, the exile. I'm like, I don't want to be in Star Wars. I just really like Star Wars. Yes. You know, yes. but I mean, like there are people who like want to be Pokemon trainers or like buy into that and they buy into the whole house thing. I'm like, it's just very bizarre for me. Cause like when I, I know even with Tolkien as well, it's like, I didn't want to be in Lord of the Rings and you know, <laughs> see the thing is, I don't think it'd be fun to live in Lord of the Rings unless you were an elf. Like Lord of the Rings is proper middle-aged fantasy story like i mean, I mean you would pre- be sleeping in a ditch unless you were a king i mean that's pretty cool though in and of itself like when i was in game of thrones like one of the appeal of game of thrones initially for us was because we're like oh it's like lord of the rings but yeah more brutal you know yeah and i mean it's pretty pretty cool like you don't want to live there but i mean the middle ages weren't fun like, you know, like <laughs> people forget that it was not fun um i mean i wasn't there but you can read a book from the middle ages that no one says it's fun you know, yeah. or, or play actually Deliverance Kingdom Come. I don't know if you play that, where it's like a no, a, no, I don't do. I just do a lot of fantasy gaming, unfortunately. Oh um, man, well, <laughs> it's basically a Polish medieval life simulator, right? Where you play as a dirt poor peasant <laughs> who becomes a, a priest, mm. and that's it. <laughs> it's not fun. And like oh wait to... a minute this sounds familiar you have, you i think we had, we had a friend of mine yeah. on the gave corner who basically yeah. talked about a monk simulator yes, and this sounds this like it. it yes this is it yeah it's, it, it was on game corner because i edited the show yes um, yes yes <laughs> uh, no and it, it is that kind of thing you know and for me like games like that don't really like i'm not really into the rpg thing that much because like mm. i don't want to take on the characters i kind of like playing characters that are already there so i mean look if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, you understand, you're right, I don't. Because I like different things that have established lore and getting deep mm. into that and remember that because, you know, it's like a history kind of thing. And I'm just like, when I see someone going, oh, what house are you? I'm like, I live in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's it. I, I don't understand these Patronus things. Patronus doesn't mean what you think it means. And I'm just like, I just can't stand it. So there's my rant of Harry Potter, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. But that's it's quite it, all right. I, 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 think I, I think I put my point out consistently and respectively so mm. hopefully you guys aren't too mad but if you are email Bryn <laughs> ask Bryn ask Bryn cast on Twitter it's all engagement it's all engagement uh, well, here, but here no, like, seriously seriously yeah. right some good news and yeah. I can't believe you haven't talked about this because I was listening to the show I really like listening to the show when I'm not on it because it's right. like I'm having a conversation with you guys when I'm not and I'm like oh they're having a good chat I can't believe you haven't talked about this we're getting a Lego store man Oh yeah, we're getting a Lego store. How did I miss talking? To I be honest, don't, I, I, I assumed know. I was the only person who cared about know. it. I think that's why I didn't talk about it. No man, everyone loves Lego. Come on, I, I'm I have four boxes of Lego underneath me right now that I haven't got around to doing. 
Because I'm like, if someone wants to buy me stuff, buy me Lego. Like, I mean, like, when I ask for presents, like, what do you want? Lego. Yeah. Oh, so. I've got an anecdote about Lego, actually. Because uh, I'm big into my Marvel Lego, because I love getting oh. figurines. And, okay. And now Prim plays with them and destroys okay. them, but such as parenthood. Go on, um, And um, we are currently moving house. And Stevie okay. very generously offered to move down some boxes of Lego in, like, right. a certain hobby bag. And a woman in the shopping center said... Oh, that's nice. Is that for your son? Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. The the thirty year thirty one year old who lives in the house with me, who's getting married to me, is the one who needs this. And I'm yeah. really glad I wasn't there for it. But I find it incredibly funny because there are a lot of like adults Lego builders out there now. People really, and not even like a nostalgic way. Like people really still love it. Like, what kind of stuff do you get? Like, so. Um, I have the Infinity Gauntlet at the moment. I have the Avengers Tower, and I have another one. What's this one? Oh yeah, I have the the ship in a bottle. They're the three ones that I have. Oh, Maybe that I haven't nice. got around to doing. I keep meaning to, but just don't have the time. But I really like the the architecture ones. Like I have San Francisco beside behind me. Ah, um, like you guys have seen it when we're on the stream. You see what's behind me. Like, mm. um, I just think they're really relaxing, and it's like it's a cool thing to just kind of do. You know, like. I was really big into Warhammer growing up, but like Warhammer is expensive, <laughs> like legit. Yeah. So, I mean, like Lego isn't expensive and I love doing Gundams. Oh, as well. yeah, let's not go crazy. Lego is expensive. Yeah, I know. I know. But I mean, like Gundams, I like doing as well, but it's been kind of messy. The thing about Lego is, yeah. and it, it's why it trumps the two of them. It's because you can just, you can build a bit of it, right? Because the way to do it now is it comes in bags. Yes. So you can, you can do one bag and then put it away and then do another bag and you can kind of work your way through it rather than just sitting there. Like, if you're going to do, if you're going to build a Gundam, clear four hours <laughs> you know if you're going to build a if you're going to paint warhammer like you need a table or you need a space where you just kind of do it because then get kind of messy like i remember i super glued my finger together as an eight-year-old oh 11 year old when i was playing warhammer i still have the scar on my finger from it um oh my god you've got a warhammer scar i do like immediate nerd cred right there it was like uh, i remember it was marius calgar who's the leader of the ultramarines right and um i was gluing them or whatever and i had my finger holding I think it was his arm or something. Mm. And then I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. And then I got a knife and just kind of like started like peeling it off. <laughs> I know it wasn't, there was no blood obviously because it was like just glue. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I got it off in the end anyway, but yeah, a bit of my finger is missing. Uh, but not, not my finger as such, but the skin on it, you can yeah, see yeah. where it is. Oh God. Like, yeah. There was no blood, which was hilarious. But um, yeah. No, oh, no. I used to get the, the Lord of the Rings style thing from the Warhammer mm. company. Mm. And uh, I remember now to be fair, it was probably like being nice, but the guy who sold it to me, like I was buying like a big one, like a Balrog or something. Yeah. And he goes, how long have you been doing this? And I was like, I don't know, a few months. I was buying it with my confirmation money or something. Yeah. And he goes, I don't think you can make this. And I appreciate it in retrospect, but actually I did manage to do it and it was something I was immensely proud of and it was only ruined by the fact I could not find anyone else to play with. And they ended up trading it away for sort of like, I don't know, Tyranids or something like that. I, I got back into, because uh, initially I played Ultramarines and then when Lord of the like dude, I don't know if you remember Lord of the Rings coming out, like if you can remember, it was huge. Dan the Matrix came out at the same time. And it was You're just right like, actually and your favourite thing, Harry Potter, that was out around the same time. I know. <laughs> and actually the Phantom Menace, which actually I'm going to no. come to your point about Star Wars. No, that no, was, no, no. That was no, 99. No. It was, but like, 
the hype, like the, the prequels were filled with disappointment. Yeah. Lord of the Rings was the biggest thing in the world. And so was the Matrix until mm. people were like, oh, and like, dude, I, I, I stopped playing Warhammer because I'm like, I haven't got money for this. This is expensive. Mm. And then the Lord of the Rings set came out and I remember you could get them in the news agents and I just started playing them and I ended up having a massive army. I, my favorite one is actually uh, the Moomakill. I have a proper Moomakill. kill. Oh, I, I never had one of those. Oh, man. I remember like I worked with my dad and I was like, oh, I have enough money to buy a Moomakill. Went in and spent 80, 80 pounds mm. or 80 euros, 80 pounds. I remember. I think, yeah. It would have been euros. Yeah, yeah. it would have been euros. Yeah. 80 euros on it. I'm like, in hindsight, I'm like, Oh man, that's such a waste of money. But it's still cool. I still have it to this day. I'm like, it looks awesome, you know. But that thing took ages to put together. And like, yeah, the Balrog was hard to do. I didn't have one, but I remember it was just all metal as well. So it wasn't even that it was all metal. It's like a lot of those figurines you make, they stand at really dynamic angles, mm. which makes it very easy to glue yourself to it and then be stuck there. Well, and this is a bit of your finger. This is what happened with Mario's Calgar. This was on the mm. older models. Like, I think now they've kind of replaced them more with kind of like plastic ones. Mm. But um, yeah, man, like I, 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 I love Warhammer. I really do. I think it's a phenomenal hobby. It's just so expensive and so time consuming that you just mm. haven't got it. But I mean, like, it's such a cool thing, you know. I'd love to be able to do it more, but I'm just like, I just can't. <laughs> I just to be can't. honest, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there with the news agents there because I used to love getting the fortnightly, like you know, Lord of the Rings magazine. You'll yeah, get one figure, you'll get yep. five orcs, whatever. Because yep. I like making them, and I don't yep. mind if I don't get to play the game. It's fun mm. to assemble them. The only nasty thing about the Balrog was it was plastic and metal put together, like. Which even as a twelve-year-old, I could tell you that that doesn't seem like a good idea design-wise. You know what I mean? They aren't mm. meant to, to combine. But then again, that's the nice thing about Warhammer because when the Balrog inevitably fell apart, I just stuck the wings on a big Tyranid something else. You know, like you can just mix and match things and make whatever you want. You know, mm. and yeah. If people kind of object to it, then don't play with them. <laughs> like I, I got into conversions as well. Because mm. um, I, I was saying I didn't really like playing it. Uh, like sometimes I did, but you know, it depends. I, I, as I said, I'm more just kind of like painting them and making them. And I got into conversions, and I have some cool conversions actually. I'll, I'll post them up on uh, on my Instagram, mm. um, so people can see them. But um, yeah, man, like it's one of the things where you're sitting there going, "Where did I have all this time? <laughs> you know, where did I have all this time?" But uh, yeah, so that's why I just kind of just went back to Lego. And I think a lot of people are the same. It's just like I have a couple of hours, maybe, maybe mm. in between work or whatever. And you're like, okay, I can do this set, you know, and Lego is super fun, you know, to do. So I'm really excited that we're, that we have a Lego store. Like I'm going to uh, London this weekend. I'm going to go to the Lego store. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, Rhodes in a couple of weeks. I'm going to go to the Lego store. Uh, oh, dude, go. I've been to the one in Amsterdam. It's great fun. Oh, you can man, get a minifigure so made of yourself. Yeah. Like, you know, which we have, we got the whole family done. Like, you know, you can it. get all these like, designer lego sets that are lego shop exclusive like Man, uh, so you good. can get those ones where like people make the sets themselves and submit it for consideration like the home alone the friends cafe the seinfeld they're all fan made same with stranger things like you know it's 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 fun just to be in the lego shop even if you don't end up buying anything do we it have is- a date on when the lego shop is opening in dublin we don't uh we don't even have the, the so coming from geek ireland um it's quite near the Disney store, apparently, and they're going to be taking mm. over the unit that was formerly Topman. So 41. Oh, Disney shop is going, is it? No, the Disney shop is there. The Topman shop is gone. 
Oh, I see. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's beside, it's not beside, but very, very near. You know where the top end used to be? I think it's like across the road. Across yeah, the yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, and apparently there's going to be 50 new jobs created. Now, here's the thing. I'm totally going to apply for that because <laughs> who doesn't want to work for Lego? So, um, I mean, if they're listening, you know, come on. <laughs> Maybe hide the Harry Potter sets, but otherwise. Oh, like, you know, just don't let me speak to people about Harry Potter. That's the truth of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't buy that. Buy this. <laughs> it's like actually, have you seen an episode of uh, The Simpsons? <laughs> they did do Lord of the Rings Lego, as I recall. I remember having a Lego Gandalf. Have you seen an episode of The Simpsons where uh, Stan Lee goes to a uh, comic book guy's shop? Of course, shop, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "You don't need to read this. You need to read the Hulk." <laughs> That'd be me. Oh, oh yeah. He like smashes the smashes Hulk the into Hulk. the poor yeah. Adam West Batmobile. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. So. There's also some cool news that kind of came out that dropped this. Well, week. actually, before we go into big news, sure. since you've brought up history books and sure. history, that can I do my now recurring segment, random uh, online streaming Netflix recommendation that isn't really new, but I want to recommend it anyway. Of like, course. Imagine those words like in the Star Wars font in your head. Um, last time it was the lighthouse. This time it's have you ever heard of something called five came back? I've heard of it. But I haven't seen it. Okay. I highly recommend it to you and anyone who is listening to this. It's basically, it's only three parts long. It's on Netflix now. Mm. And it's basically the true story. It's documentary about five filmmakers, five proper Hollywood like directors mm. who all were sent off to World War II right. to film like stuff from the war for propaganda reels and all that kind of stuff. Right. And it basically charts the run up to the war, the war itself, and everything after that. And what makes it really dynamic is they get like five proper big name Hollywood people to right. cover each of the directors. So it's uh, the five it focuses on the in the World War Two were John Ford, William Wyler, John Houston, Frank Capra and George Stevens. So like, you know, between them, the Grapes, mm. the Wrath, Ben Hur, It's a Wonderful Life, all these kind of big things. Mm. But then they get from Hollywood now. They get Paul Greengrass, like, you know, Born Identity. Steven Spielberg speaks for itself. Francis Ford Coppola, Godfather Ola. Guillermo del Toro of everything wonderful he does. And uh, Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote, you know, the good Star Wars films. Well, no, he he wrote Empire and then... He wrote Jedi. Did he write Jedi? Okay, he wrote... wrote Well, he wrote Jedi slightly under protest because there were things he wanted that George Lucas made him put in and take out and that kind of stuff. Fair. But yes, he did write it. Yeah, but he also wrote the mistakes. He wrote what was good in episode seven. But anyway, we're not going to no, go There was nothing that, good that, in episode that, seven. There was nothing, Star Wars there, was nothing, there was nothing good in episode seven. Meryl nothing. Streep narrates this documentary. I'm just <laughs> looked, running on. You can edit the, me out if you want. I love the way you know, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I highly recommend this because even as someone who isn't particularly interested in World War II, you basically get this sense of not just the directors, but like how like no one really saw this coming. Yeah. Like, you know, like they were doing the same thing. We don't want to get too political on the show, but they were basically Hollywood was avoiding making movies about the war because America wasn't in the war for the first half of it. And we're like, oh, there's a lot of people in Germany. We don't want to lose that audience. Yeah. You know, it's 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 I hear people say that about certain countries in the world now and all that kind of stuff. Like, right. And right. like it goes through all of it. And like, it's really eerie because then you get to see like the directors went up in proper World War Two planes and like film battles and stuff. And like, Jeez. 
it's and it's in full color as well like so so it's a really gripping haunting watch and it's i've watched it twice now it's that good i never watch things twice okay uh, I'll, I'll and i'll have, have to give it a watch all right yeah. oh oh do yeah and the really cool thing that netflix does is if you've enjoyed it it's got all of the films they made all the propaganda no way in a playlist that's so cool together so you can watch it without the people commenting on it and stuff so yeah that's my random uh, Netflix recommendation, and I'm not sure. Are you kind of a World War II history buff, or you're kind of you're more classical? Are you? When I was eight, my dad gave me books on Stalingrad. Oh well, yes. there you go. Oh well, then there's a lot to like in this, like you know, yeah. especially because Capra, the Wonderful Life director, he does a series called Why We Fight, and like so, one of his documentaries is on Russia. One mm. of them is on Japan. Mm. One of them's on this. One of them's on that. So mm. you really just get this. It's across the three hour documentary, the three episodes. You really do get this sense of like the way people were thinking as the war goes on. Yeah, I mean, is, you know. uh, yeah, which is someone who suffered through way too many Doctor Who episodes set in the Blitz, like <laughs> nothing to the people who survived it. But we have a very Star Warsy view of what yeah. World War Two was. That wasn't the reality for the people who lived through it. Do you of know course what I mean? we do. Yeah, well, that's, it goes back to the point I was making about the medieval period. Yeah, we think, yeah. We think it's all like, you know, Renaissance fairs and having a good old time. And it's like, no, you're living in a ditch and you're probably going to get the plague. Yes. You know, like, <laughs> you know that's that's what reality was like, you know, but yeah, I, I will check it out. So what's it called again? Five came back. I'll put it in the promotional okay. things for our social medias this week. But good stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you type in any of the directors I've mentioned, like Steven Spielberg or anything like that, it's going to come up. It's a Netflix original and okay. they like propped it up really well. Uh, so. I, I do have a recommendation as well based on it. Like by the time this goes out, uh, you guys have kind of missed it. Mm. Um, so Humble Bundle is a website where they do bundles for charity and stuff like that as well. But it's, okay. they also do like super really good sales. And there was a bundle up for the Ukraine. And it was actually, look, it was a really, really good bundle to be fair. Like it just, mm. it's ridiculously good stuff. Like 120, 120 items, you know, across the board. But one really struck out to me and I'm just like, whoa, okay, cool. So you know what an ARG is? I'm afraid I don't know. So augmented reality games. So it's like when you play a game. So when you play a video game, um, you're in the world as such, right? Right. Uh, augmented reality, uh, sorry, virtual reality, you're in a virtual world. Augmented reality is a, it, it can be one of two things when you put on the glasses and it interacts with the real world as well. But an ARG is like where it blurs the lines between reality and not. Right. So there's loads of different games that kind of do this, but this specific one is quite interesting to me for reasons that will become apparent in a second. It's called the USB stick found in the grass. So right. what happens is you download this game on Steam and it downloads a folder on your computer, on your actual computer. And there's loads of different things that you're going to have to go through. Right. Now, folks, if you ever find a USB stick in the wild, do not plug it in. Do not pick it up. Throw it away. Never, ever, ever put a USB stick that you find anywhere other than one you've bought yourself near your computer. Do not do it. Do not do it. Is this something that actually happens? Oh, yeah. It's 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 a very, very common way of hacking someone's computer is dropping a USB stick with a malice, pal, uh, a, a malice um, payload in it and you can hack someone's computer very easily. 
Um, it's it's called a bad USB attack. It's very, very common. Extremely common. Do not do it. No one ever, ever, ever do that. However, this game is quite interesting. So what it does is it, it the, the conceit is that you're a detective or something. And you find a USB stick, you plug it in, and it actually shows you like a proper thing that you would use to like safely mm. look at a USB stick that you would find that like police use and stuff like that, right? But basically, you can see here is you're an investigator and you're trying to find out what's on this USB stick and find the mystery, right? But what's crazy about it is you're actually using real tools. So there will be a tool where, you know, you need to Google something. And instead of finding all oh, fake Google, it will be like use Google. You know, <laughs> use um, you know, like the image software GIMP or mm. Photoshop. You'll actually use those programs. So you'll use your actual computer to find this game mystery, and it starts blurring these lines between what's fake and what's not. You know, it, it's crazy, and like there'll be certain real world things in it. It's kind of like uh, a normal lost phone or horror story or something like that, mm. but um, more like real. It's crazy. Like it's a really really cool idea. Like it's not and. The reviews of it have been you'll hate it or you'll love it. There's no way in between. It's like if this is your thing, this is your thing. If this is not your thing, you're gonna hate it. So uh, I would say, look, it came up on the bundle. I wasn't aware of it before. I think it's like a really, really neat idea. So um, yeah, again, look, the bundle's gone, uh, unfortunately. Um, by the time people are listening to this, but uh, Humble Bundle itself is general, like it's pretty good, and you know, I found lots of really cool games from it. Um, and same with like coding and all that kind of stuff like it has really cool bundles every week and everything's for charity um, usually like they pick really good charities and stuff like that but uh, it would be remiss to, to not bring this up because it's just such a weird game and there's another weird game coming out later on this this week actually so when this does come out it'll be out it's called Ghostwire Tokyo have you heard about this? No no it's completely news to me so um, I haven't picked this up I, I do have it pre-ordered and it's uh, again, apparently they described it as the best thing to do except for find- for going to Japan, right? To go to Tokyo. So from what I can gather, it's made by the guys who made um, The Evil Within, um, the game from a couple of years ago. Mm. And you're in Japan and there's been this like event that gives you superpowers. So you're wandering around Tokyo fighting Slenderman, petting dogs and trying to save everybody. And apparently it's really good. Now it's published by uh, Bethesda because they kind of publish everything. Mm. Um, and it's apparently it's just a really, really weird supernatural take on Tokyo. Um, and I'm really intrigued by it. One, because I, I love Japan. Mm. And two, because I'm like, oh, this game is great. Like it, it's a proper neon c- c- cyberpunk kind of thing. But Well, that's what goes back to when we had Searsha on a few weeks ago. Mm. Uh, exactly, yeah. Kind yeah. of the kind of virtual Tokyo going through the games and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, like apparently this is like the best one to get. Mm. So I'm going to pick it up um, eventually. I, have, I do have it kind of... Um, I do have it pre-ordered, so I will get around to it eventually. But... Mm. I'm playing the new WWE game for a review for the channel, uh, Near to No Media on YouTube. So, you know, keep it locked because we will kind of get there eventually, you know. But I mean, I'm really excited about it. I, I rarely get excited for video games now, like big budget video games. That most games I play now are like weird indie things or mm. uh, simulators like a House Flipper and stuff like that. Um, actually, found a really weird game the other day. How much time have we got left? Uh, fair bit now. I would say seventeen minutes by my count. Okay, so Keen, if I was to say, have you ever worked in a fast food restaurant? Unfortunately, not. Okay, either have I, but I have worked in like coffee shops and stuff like that. So 
fast food for me is a little bit um, of a new a, a, a new frontier that I never actually experienced. So I've got really into simulator games, you know, house flipper, uh, tech support simulator. Obviously, we interviewed the the developer of tech support simulator, really good game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nine one one operator cop simulator oh i've played uh, that one yeah yeah there's just you watch call me kevin enough and basically any game he plays i'm like i'm gonna play internet cafe mm-hmm. simulator 2 which is bizarre and then i came across this one um it's happy what's it happy's humble burger barn and that was that's actually free at the moment on steam but there is like a, a more version of it uh another version of it on uh playstation 5 i'm gonna get the name here so i have it yeah so happy humble's burger farm on steam and it's also on the PS5. And it is a bizarre game. So basically... Let me stop you there. Are any of these really games? Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, define a game. A game like, you know, stakes, win, lose. So here's the thing. Story, right? so, that kind of thing. Okay. So, so yes and no. Okay. So Internet Cafe Simulator, no. Metro Simulator, no. You drive a Metro. Right? Bus Simulator, you drive a, you drive a bus. House Slipper has a story. Don't know what the story is. There's an awful lot of blood in these houses for some reason. So there's something going on. Mm. Happy humble burger farm. You play. You you drop into a weird burger place where you're making burgers, but it's just weird. It's everything's off. You know, it kind of feels like um, Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm. There's a big vibe off it, and you have to make the burger. And, and if you don't make it, this cow comes and kills you. Oh, okay. Um, All right. Yeah. I feel like we left reality there a bit quicker than yeah, yeah, I was yeah. expecting. And basically, like you're trying to unravel what's going on, and you find out that you're in a simulation, and your brain is being eaten and by it's a cow. A, well, a demon cow. Okay. And uh, it's just so bizarre because I mean, like it, it takes the conceit of a simulator game. So one of those, like it takes it takes the conceit of Internet Cafe Simulator Two, which is a ridiculous game, but adds the story to it, makes it super weird. It's bizarre, has the craziest ending you'll ever see, and I just I'm in love with it. And the Internet Two is all over it, you know, man. It's such a I'd say if you haven't played it, you know, it is kind of there's the free version on Steam, and then there's the full version which is on the PS5, and it's also you can get it on Steam as well. It's like fourteen euro. It is a wild experience. Now it's hard. It is kind of hard to kind of get used to it, but um, it's so, so bizarre. And uh, my advice would be to go in cold. Don't look up anything about it. Just buy it, play it. It's so right. weird. I want um, to look up at least one image. Would you mind giving me the name of it again, please? Yeah. So Happy's, Happy's Humble Burger Farm. Happy's Humble Burger Farm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it is on Steam. The free version is on Steam. Um uh like the OG and then the proper full game is like six. I can see what you mean. Like immediately there's like a five nights of Freddy's like kind of cute thing being turned evil vibe off it. Yeah, but I mean like there's more kind of to it the Five Night Freddy's. Like with Five Night Freddy's uh you know you're kind of stuck in that one room. Like you're able mm. to explore and you you know you basically it starts you walk to the restaurant. You walk around you live in the world you kind of mm. explore. It's just so weird. And it kind of has a Soma twist to it as well. I don't know if people have played Soma, but it it it, it kind of feels like the twist in Soma. Um, and I would say it's just a weird discovery. It's been out since December, and uh, for me personally, I'm enjoying the the PlayStation Five for these weird games. 
Like, I know people are saying PlayStation 5 has no games. I'm like, oh, it does. Hmm. It's just really weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it's basically like you buy a box that can play weird indie games. And this is one that I'm like, man, look, it has 90, 97% and it's like 9 out of 10 everywhere. It's such a bizarre experience that I cannot recommend enough. Also, Prey, if you like Prey, uh, like the new one, mm-hmm. which has a similar twist to it as well. Um, it feels very like that because like I, I randomly fell on it while, um, you know, going through my simulator games. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get all these. And I'm just like, well, what's this? <laughs> this one is actually a game with a story. Um, so, yeah, I would say, you know, pick that one up um, and, and give it a go because, man, it is so weird. <laughs> it is so fun. OK, but I'm looking forward to that fun. because, like, I mean, it's it's the lines of blurred between what's made on the Internet and like what's mass media production like Cuphead is mm. something that could have only been made on the Internet. And now it's like a mass media property like, you know, well, I mean, I, yeah. I think I think th- 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 people have been primed with Five Night at Freddy's, you know, to mm. kind of accept these weird like it's like Pony Island. I don't know if you ever play Pony Island. Pony Island is actually no, really, I haven't. I'm afraid that is a fun game. Basically, yeah. it's a, a pony game made by the devil. Right. Yeah. And you have to hack your computer to play it. It's super good. Um, but it kind of it's that we've been primed by these games for so long that it takes a while to kind of be like, okay. And I think like you know, Five Nights at Freddy's was its own thing, po- uh, Pony Island was its own thing. The fact that we're in a world now where simulator games are what most are what a lot of people play. Like as I said, you just simulate it for everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, it just it just feels you know, it's like that. Um, what's it? The the uncanny valley where you're like. Okay, I've played games like this before, but this is just off. Yeah. And the more and more you kind of it scratches that itch where you're like, what's going on? This is so weird. It's so bizarre. And then it just goes for it. And I think it's wonderful. It's do you such- think, like, not to completely change so, but do you think AAA games have ever copped to the fact that like games like this Pony Island thing? Are what people are really looking for on the internet, like, or to go back further, like you know, your Undertales, like your, your cupheads to a certain degree. Like I don't like I haven't come across big apart from maybe now and again, uh like kind of the the inky and the blots kind of thing. Even that might be an online release. Like I don't I feel like kind of major game companies are very out of step. It's not that they're what people are actually looking for, you know? It's not that they're out of step. It's got to do with cost. Okay. So if you remember the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox, yes. That was the last real like I, the, I love the Xbox 360, I really do. But I mean, you start seeing kind of the shift to what it would become. But the Xbox and the PlayStation Two games were cheap, or to make, right. right? Game development, you could bang out a shovelware title in five minutes, mm. and it'd be you. There you go, you know. And that's why you get the little Britons and the Deal or No Deal and the Are You Smarter Than a Ten Year Old? All those kind of shovelware games, they were everywhere. And now you wouldn't really see them that much because they're so much more expensive to make. Like they still exist, obviously, but you wouldn't mm. see them in the store. Um, and it's got to do, you know, companies won't take the risk anymore. They also won't really do the shovelware thing. Like Nintendo are the only ones where you can buy shovelware, um, really, uh, or other than on Steam. But I mean, it's so much more expensive to make a game now where a AAA game costs millions of dollars. You know, so they're like, right, we're going to make Call of Duty. We're going to make... Uh, Assassin's Creed, we're going to make Fa- uh, Far Cry, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, but why does it cost much more? I mean, surely... Graphics. Like- no, I, I, t- I can tell you exactly why. Yeah. Graphics. They've put yeah. so much effort, and I 
don't pl- I don't really like playing modern games again because I just don't I I, I find mm. them very tedious and um, with some exceptions because it's all about graphics for example you play a game now it's going to be oh we have the great ray tracing graphics cool what's mm. the story like oh well there's yeah we have graphics it's like, okay but what's the story oh yeah. it's the same like my mom actually said to me she's like geez that game looks just like the other game I'm like it pretty much is yeah. <laughs> you know? or anyone I play games in front of they're like that's very much like, that's all it is it's like Assassin's Creed has been the same Assassin's Creed for ex- with the exception of Black Flag right Black Flag is is one of the only games that is completely different in the Assassin's Creed series because it's a pirate game yes. <laughs> you know that they just made a pirate game but I mean like you play Far Cry it's been the same Blood Dragon was DLC and that's when the series should have stopped but it, and that's why I did it's to make a triple A game now cost so much money, requires teams of people, requires lots of uh, QA testing, requires all this kind of stuff, purely because they need to hit this graphical standard and then build out online play. The focus isn't the story because, you know, they think that most people don't want story developed games. And I'm like, I do. We do. Mm. But I mean, like your target audience is a 14 year old kid in his room with his mates. That is the target audience of AAA gaming. So that's oh, what they I deliver. See, because there's more kind of money to be generated. Exactly. Kind of exactly. Like- but then again, if you look at it, Fortnite was a was a indie game. So was Minecraft. Mm. And it's always kind of become like it's all that's where innovation is always going to come from. And the next innovation, I don't know what it's going to be in gaming, but I mean, like for me, right now, on the PS5, on Steam, it's always indie games because they're not going to do these small games or if they do it's going to be this unique experience and i think like you can't build for that now you know it's just it's basically if you're it's like movies you know if you're selling a a game to an executive you're like hey it's kind of like this there's you can't really say that about what the game i just talked about yeah you know it's like it's its own thing and you have to kind of play it and you used to be able to get that on the ps2 I mean, like you'd buy it on the PS2 and be like, oh, this is a really weird game. Let's play it, you know. But it, it would have been so much less to produce that. You know, a team of like five people could produce that and, you know, get it out and because the graphics wouldn't have had to be perfect, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, that's why engines are expensive. Game development is very difficult and very expensive. So it's just like they're just calculating the risks. They're like, hey, it's like Marvel. You know, we love Marvel on this show, but I mean, it's a lot easier to get. Uh, what's it? What's your man's name? Moon Knight? Yeah. Oh, so Oscar like, Isaac like. No, I mean like just the character. It's a lot easier to right. go, hey, we're gonna make Moon Knight than you know, a a thoughtful series on the the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. Okay, or, you like know, our original property. Like yeah, that. I mean yeah, okay. like it's just what's gonna sell. Yeah. The new Marvel thing and, or an original IP. And, and you're right, because I suppose going back to what you're saying about graphics, if you like have invested that much money in making a game look as polished as possible and kind of appeal to as many people as possible, you're kind of, you're almost not going to tell an interesting story out of fear it might alienate someone yeah. who just doesn't like that particular story. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you can tell an interesting story, but that's secondary because, dude, most games that are developed now aren't for single players. Mm. They're for online. You know, with the with, there are some exceptions, but when there are exceptions, they're actually exceptions. And nice. I mean, that's why I've kind of fallen away from most modern video games because I'm like, I kind of hate this. I don't play, I don't like playing video games with people. I'm very antisocial when I play video games. I just want to play a story. As I said, you know, I go off and play New Vegas now for hours 
Mm. Well, if I turn on Assassin's Creed, I'm like, ah, okay, you know, great. <laughs> I'm running up that hill again. I mean, like Assassin's Creed. That's, I, I was, a, that's a good looking horizon, all right. I was in Greece there. I was in Athens a couple of weeks ago, mm. and it was great. And I mean, if you want to sh- go around ancient Athens, play Assassin's Creed Odyssey. The game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no gameplay. You're like, you're like, cool. All right, you know, I've played this game mm. for about ten years now. I mean, like, look, Vampire the Mat- When I get a computer or when I fix computers for people, Deus Ex, the first one, Star Wars, Knights of the Republic, and uh, Vampire Bloodlines: The Masquerade goes on people's computer because they are amazing games that I play all the time. Be honest, do you leave USB sticks in fields to accidentally install ma- like Vampire of the Masquerade onto people's computers so they can uh, discover it? I mean, I haven't, but I, I have ideas now. <laughs> <laughs> if you find a USB somewhere in like, I don't know, the Blanchardstown area, <laughs> I mean, it could be a virus or it could be a game Dara really likes. It's 50-50. We're not Genu- going to take responsibility for it. Genuinely, but- folks, don't, 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 pick don't, up random don't, USB- don't. don't pick up random USB sticks. It's not worth it. But what I would say is Vampire the Mask, like those kind of games stick around for a reason. Like you play Vampire mm. the Masquerade, you're never playing the same game again. And like that was built on a broken engine by a studio that went out of business. And it was the last dying breath of an amazing studio. And it's been fixed by fans because it's that amazing. Deus Ex mm. 1 is one of the best games ever made. And the same with uh, Star Wars Knights of the Republic. You know, the last grasp from a company that were like, oh, we want to fix this game. Yeah. And, you know, fans have fixed it. Like those experiences are out there and studios just aren't listening because they're like well we're gonna make all this money and it's like all right cool but i mean that's why i'm saying for for these experiences there are places to go humble bundle has them um the playstation store you know you're gonna go through them and that's where i'm playing now like i got a ps5 and it's like i you know as kev said you know hades is one of the best games you can play and that's 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 an indie game you know like there's, there's no massive games on the the PlayStation 5 that I will turn on to play, really, um, because they're not the experiences I, I, I want from it, you know? Mm. But then again, there's some 14-year-old who really enjoys playing Fortnite or Call of Duty or whatever, and that is awesome for them, you know? It's just, we, we're getting old. <laughs> That's what it is, we're getting old. And you know, maybe yeah, when, the, when, this when, show is like... Maybe we were relevant on show like 49 or something like that, but at 140, we're in proper old man yells at cloud territory now. Hey, we, no, we started the show yelling at a cloud. Now now we're just kind of being contemplative. <laughs> no, we're not. Even our cloud isn't here. Our cloud has gone. <laughs> Only hot air on this show. Only hot air. <laughs> I remember the first episode I was on, we were speculating on like the Final Fantasy VII remake, like, you know, and now that's come and gone. Like, you know, it's so funny how it's like in the gaming industry. I know there's only a minute left, but like you're kind of designed to forget us very quickly. Mm. You know what I mean? It's the it, biggest thing in the world till it comes out and it's kind of gone in two weeks, you know? You see, it is that kind of consumer. Like, look, consumerism is what it is, you know? But I mean, it is that kind of thing where you're like, consume product, get excited for next product. And that's what I'm saying. Like games 20 years ago, they weren't built that way. You know, media from 20 years ago is still going to stick harder because you're like, it's still good. And yeah, okay, maybe we grew up with it. But I, I I challenge anybody to install Vampire the Masquerade. Go pick it up. It's like eight euro. Install it and play it and then come back and be like, that wasn't a good time because it got, just don't get it from Steam because Steam 
they haven't patched it. You have to install the patch yourself. GOG actually deliver it with the patch so it runs properly. Um, so I would say, look, you know, it's, play that game. It's one of the best experiences you'll ever have. Awesome. All right. Well, that's a quite a heartwarming recommendation to go out on. So with our like 45 seconds left, are there any recommendations or plugs you would like to make for our audience at home? So Nerd to Know Media is where you can reach us, Nerd to Know Media at uh, gmail.com as well if you want to, you know, um, comment on anything you've heard. You can find me on Twitter at Dara WV, uh, D-A-R-R-A-G-H-W-V. And nerdtonomedia.com, Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff. That's where we are. And uh, we appreciate the support. Lovely. Uh, I would say the same, just like as we mentioned at the top of the show, we're big fans of Geek Ireland. Uh, go give them a look. I am currently reviewing Picard with varying feelings every single week. But to find out my feelings, you can go check them out there. They're all up there. I'm incredibly gutted we didn't get to discuss the J.J. Abrams news, which we will have to save for next week, unfortunately. But we'll save that for the big episode 141 spectacular milestone that we've been hyping up for the last few weeks. Supermax, extra plus. Of course, 141. It's, I'm sure everyone can find something significant. You can add all the numbers up to six and it's the devil or something. I don't know. So on that rather cryptic note, we will sign off for this week. Uh, and this has been Kian and Dara. We have been the Nerd to Know Basis show. And we will see you this time next week. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. All right. So you're listening to the podcast. You're like, hey, I'm not in Ireland. How do I get in touch? Well, tune in has you covered. That's how you can check us out live when we're on the radio. Um, you go to tune in and download the app. Or you can check out the live streams on nerdtoknowmedia.com or Phoenix 92.5 FM. If you want to get in contact with us, it's very easy. Nerd to know media everywhere. Nerd to know media on Twitter. Nerd to know media Instagram. Nerd to know media on Twitch. Nerd to know media at gmail.com if you want to reach out via email. Hope to hear from you soon. Hey, Dara, what are you doing Check out the Wrestling Rewind here on Phoenix 92.5 FM every Tuesday at 8pm to 9pm and of course over on NerdToKnowMedia.com the only wrestling podcast by wrestling fans who don't hate wrestling. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 